Good morning, everyone. I feel like that's like the winter kicking in. Everyone's like, good morning. Good to see you, too. <laughs> um, okay, this week I was on retreat, and I swear every time I go on retreat, the world falls apart. Um, so I want to address the comments that have come out from Pope Francis briefly before we talk about our readings today. Um, yeah, I just, I, I came off retreat and I was like, my email is blowing up and like my phone and I'm just like, can someone please like just not allow the Pope to speak? Like, please someone just do that. Um, and here's what I want to get to. There's, I just want to say a couple things on this topic where if you don't know what happened this week, it sounds like the Pope came out and endorsed civil unions for those who have same-sex attraction. Um, which is a clear contradiction of Catholic teaching. In 2003, the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith, which really interprets and makes very clear the church's stance on things, very clearly said we can never do that. Um, so what's going on? How do we make sense of this? Uh, how do we look at this? A couple caveats really quickly. We should all know this. One of the greatest misunderstandings in our culture, and you and I have got to do a better job of this. I just want to pull my hair out all the time when I hear people in the media, and it makes it look like Christians just do not love people who have same-sex attraction. The answer to this is so easy. It's so simple, and it's contentious, but we've got to be saying this over and over again, is that anyone you love, right, parents know this the best, when you love someone, that does not mean that you must endorse whatever they want to do. And whenever you love someone, it does not mean that you endorse whatever it is they desire. And so the world today tells us that people who have same-sex attraction, that if we're going to love them, we have to tell them they can do whatever they want to do. That's not love. We all know that. But we've got we've to get that message out there that as Christians, we do not believe those people are evil. We think they belong here in this church. And one of the greatest evils that's happening right now is a place where people with same-sex attraction belong is in our church. They belong here. They belong in a place where they are loved infinitely and unconditionally. And whenever they are loved, just like you and me, whenever we are loved, the people who love us say, Brian, I love you so much. I love you right where you're at, but way too much to leave you there. I love you enough to say that you are called to live life a certain way. So we've, we've got to get that out there. The second thing is this. I don't know if this is true. Someone told me last night that in the video that came out, that it's a 30-second clip, and I don't know if this is true, but they said it's a 30-second clip that was edited 18 times to produce a 30-second clip. So we should have a certain skepticism there. And the third point I want to make, and this is the last one, is just is the biggest one. I, have, I want to give the Holy Father, and I think we always should. We owe the Holy Father our respect and our deference for his office. But I want you to be mature Catholics. Be a mature Catholic. Be a thinking Catholic. Be someone who is an adult. We are not Catholics for a pope. We are not Catholics for a bishop. We are not Catholics for a priest. And I, it's unbelievable to me how many people still think this, 
right? We readily, when the world comes at us and they say, Father Brian, how can you be a Catholic? Don't, don't you know about all those bad popes? I'm like, yeah, I bet I know a whole lot more about them than you do, right? Father Brian, they're always bad priests. We have this, this crisis of the, the clerical sexual abuse crisis. How can you still be a Catholic, right? I have seen enough that I'm like, I never expect any human being to be perfect. We are not Catholics for that reason. So the Pope, and this is, I, I know it's like I always draw things out too long. The Pope, and this is the big point that all of us should know. The Pope is not the master of Catholic doctrine. The Pope is not the master of Catholic doctrine. The Pope is not the master of Catholic doctrine. The Pope is the servant of Catholic doctrine. The Pope is the servant of Catholic doctrine. What we believe as Catholics is that the prime, and you can look this up in the Catechism, I'll, I'll post this later this week on our website. The Catechism teaches that the number one job of bishops, and the Pope is a bishop, the number one job is to hand on what they received and preserve it as it was handed on. It's the number one job of bishops is that we are not, and I'm not a bishop, thank God, but we are not priests and bishops, and, and any of us as Catholics, we do not stand over and above what the church teaches. We serve what the church has always taught. Um, today, I don't want to get into why the church does not endorse civil unions. The basic reason for that, just in one line, is that it obscures our understanding, it distorts our understanding of what marriage is. The next generation, they have been, and all of us grew up, right? When you were a kid and you were growing up watching Disney movies, right? And you watched, I don't know what you watched, you know, uh, Cinderella. We all thought that marriage was, you know, it was Cinderella. Everything's happy. Yesterday I, did, I preached a marriage, a wedding, and I preached about how marriage is a crucifixion. And I said, I know you all know that who are married, and they all laughed. They're like, amen. Right? And they looked at their spouse like, because of you. Marriage is not just romance. But we have taught people that. We teach it over and over again. And so we don't want to obscure marriage. We want to teach people that marriage is beautiful. Right? But we don't get to decide what it is. It is written into human nature. And when we set up things that are imitations of marriage, we lie to our children. And it makes it harder for the family to thrive in our culture. So there's much more to that. I'm going to talk more about that this week, so check out our website, and I'll try to keep the rest of this homily short. Okay? Amen? All right. That was a quarter of you. Good. Glad you're with me. Okay. Today, Jesus talks about the great commandment. I just want to run through this quickly. This is so powerful. And Jesus today says, you know, the, the, the uh, scholar of the law comes up to him, a Pharisee, and says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, the commandment is to love. And I just want to think about this for a minute with you. Doesn't it sound odd that God could command us to love something? It seems like a category mistake. Right? It's like when someone says, you know, what's your favorite color? And you're like, seven. It's a category mistake. How can you command love? I remember my parents telling me as a kid, like, love your brother. I'm like, that's impossible. 
<laughs> you can't command that. Have you seen him? Have you seen what he does? You can't command me to love my brother. God commands that today. He says, you, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and you will love your neighbor as yourself. And it seems to us as humans, I can be told to do something or not do something, but love to us feels like an emotion. And here's the first point I want to make with you this morning about today's readings. You already have the love of God inside of you. You already have it. St. Basil, who's a 4th century church father, one of the great saints of the church, he says this. He says, love for God cannot be taught. Love of God cannot be taught. Right? When someone asks me and they say, F.B., why do you love carbonara? There is no answer for that. Right? If someone doesn't love carbonara, they're not human. Which, if you don't know what carbonara is, go look it up today. Um, Basil's getting at something like this. Love for God cannot be taught. No one taught us to enjoy the light. Right? You don't have to teach your children to love daylight. No one taught us to enjoy the light, nor to desire life, nor did anyone else teach us to love our parents or those who raised us. Those are natural things. We naturally, as human beings, we love the light, we love life, we love our parents. Similarly, or rather much more, knowledge of divine love does not come from outside. But at the same time, when man was composed, a seminal reason was deposited inside of us, which has by itself the cause of appropriating love. We'll all explain that. So Basil is saying, you don't have to go to church to tell, have Father Brian tell you to love God. It is inside of you. It is written on your heart. The love of God is planted inside each one of us. Only the good is properly beautiful and lovable. God is good. Everything loves good. Therefore, everything loves God. And so the first point I just want to make with you, brothers and sisters, is if you feel like sometimes, like, Jesus, how can you command me to love God or to love my neighbor? It seems impossible. The first thing I want to say to you today is that love is already written on your heart. And if you struggle with it, our battle as Christians is to feed that love. It's to remove the obstacles to that love. It's to purify our hearts. Oftentimes, we don't love God because we have a false image of Him. We don't see Him as He really is. Right? Sometimes I think there's a great novel that says sometimes our image of God, we think of like religious people, and religious people are boring, so God must be boring. Have you ever done that? This means yes. This means no. Yes. I know you've all done that, right? And so we, we put that image on God. God is not like that. Right? God is the fullness of beauty, the fullness of goodness, the fullness of truth. We have to stir that love inside of us. The second point is this. So that Pharisee today, he asked that question, what's the greatest law? Does anybody know how many laws there are in the Old Testament? 
I love you guys. That's good. I love it when you mumble. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> 613, right? Somebody said, I think I heard it. There are 613 commandments in the law. This is tough for us as Catholics, right? How am I supposed to follow 613 laws, right? This is why I have someone else do my taxes, right? As a priest, priest taxes are unbelievably complicated because the government doesn't know what to do with us. So I'm technically a small business owner. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. 613 laws. And when you and I, and this is critical, I really want to challenge you on this today. It's so easy to look at our faith and to see a thousand laws. By the way, in the Old Testament, one really cool thing, the high priest of the Old Testament, on his vestments, on the hem, on the bottom of his, his, uh, his vestments, were sewn an image of a pomegranate and then a bell. A pomegranate and a bell all the way around. I, I don't know why the bell was there. I think it was because he's kind of a big deal and so people know he's coming. The pomegranate is an image of the law because according to, to Jewish scholars, there are 613 seeds in a pomegranate, and there are 613 laws in the Old Testament. And so the high priest has a pomegranate around the hem of his robe to signify that he keeps the law. But here's what I want to get at. Balthazar says this, and this is my biggest point for you today, brothers and sisters. He says this. He says, if we draw away from love, right, when you love your wife, your marriage has a thousand unwritten rules. Your marriage has a thousand unwritten rules. But when you're in love with your spouse, it doesn't feel that way. When you're in love with your spouse, you're not worried about, wow, I need to call my spouse if I'm going to be home an hour late. You don't have to think about, wow, you know what, I should really look out for my spouse and like, I'm going to, I don't know, make the bed this morning. There are tons of laws that marriages have, but when we're in love with our spouse, we don't feel the weight of the law. So Balthazar says, if we draw away from love the command to love, in which all other commands are fulfilled, disintegrates into a multiplicity of individual commandments. Hear that again. If we draw away from love, the command to love in which all other commands are fulfilled disintegrates into a multiplicity of individual commandments. Do you ever feel like that in your faith? Balthazar says, as a Catholic, if the, if the following of God, if Jesus following you, if it begins to feel like, oh my gosh, I forgot, I have to go to Mass on Sunday, I have to fast from meat on Fridays, right? Uh, I have to not eat before I go to Mass. I have all these different laws and rules. If you begin to think of the multiplicity, it's a sign that your heart isn't in it. If you feed the love of God that is within you, that God wrote on your heart from the moment of your creation, there's only one commandment. 
There's only one. The only commandment on our lives is that we will love with everything. That's it. So I don't know where you're at in your faith, brothers and sisters, but today I just want to challenge you to that. You have no excuse. God is not commanding you to do something that is difficult or impossible for you. He is asking you to fulfill something written inside of you. Go home today and pray about this. Jesus, where am I in my faith? Lord, do I see the following of you? Has it, has it disintegrated into a thousand different rules? Have I lost that central thread, Lord, that says the commandment is one? And the only commandment in my life is that I would love you and love others with everything. Lord, purify our hearts today. Jesus, build up the divine love you planted inside of us so that we might fulfill your one commandment.